1: Hello and welcome to the Nineteen Twelve Exiles Podcast, the Newport County podcast made by the fans for the fans. Uh, I'm your host, Jamie. Today I'm back in the hot seat. And um yeah, we've got a great panel lined up for you uh today. Um Mike, all good teams. Uh, we're always looking for for new talents. So today making his panel debut on the podcast is Arnie. Arnie, welcome to Nineteen Twelve Exiles. How you doing? Thanks very much. You know,
0: absolute privilege to be here.
1: Oh, it's a privilege to have you here. And uh, every team needs a strong bench, and stepping off that, Ollie makes a welcome return. Uh, Ollie, how are you doing this morning?
3: I'm doing well. Thank you, Jamie. You're uh, you're too kind.
1: And uh, yeah, there's always room for an old stager. He's he's calling himself Ian. How are you doing, Ian?
4: I'm very well. Yeah, good to, good to be back <laughs> on the pod, and uh, good to see you all.
1: Excellent, excellent. Right. Before we get stuck into uh, into the games, I um, just want to thank um, our many listeners who have actually contributed a few pennies through our Kofi account over recent weeks. Um, it really is uh, really greatly appreciated. It really helps with our running costs. Um, and if you do want to chip in with a few quid and a comment, there's a link in the show notes. If you can't, that's absolutely fine. Just help us promote, share, retweet, whatever. Leave us a review. Um, if you do like what we do, that is. Um, right, okay. It's been a roller coaster week for Newport County fans. Now, midweek we had a, a chastening experience at, at Notts County where uh let's be honest, yeah, we, we were lucky to get nil. Uh, that was compounded by yet another injury. Seabury went off and suffered a broken leg. Uh but quite horrific, actually, or that's what it sounded like. Um, but yesterday uh saw a battling performance at Gillingham. Um, there was a shift in formation, no serious injuries that, that we're aware of. Um, A clean sheet, a bogle devil, a great away win. um, And yeah, that is the life of the football fan, ups and downs. Now, before we get into all that, um, let's take our minds back to Tuesday evening. Um, Not scanty away. Um, Arnie, very kindly, uh, uh, one of the one of the the intrepid supporters traveling up on a Tuesday night, uh, supplied us with a match diary. So here, let's throw to the clip.
0: evening, all. It's Arnie here as your roving reporter tonight from Nottingham. Uh, good trip up, real classy sort of autumnal day, so perfect conditions for football, I think, tonight. Uh, we've headed towards the, the ground. Some really interesting observations to make, really. So just standing on the, the, the kind of bridge over the River Trent for floodlight watch, uh, for any fanatics around floodlights, you can actually see three sets of floodlights from that bridge, so... We've got Notts County, Nottingham Forest and Trent Bridge. And another observation is that the the, the traffic seems to move much faster up here uh, and you've got to be very careful when you're crossing the road. So we've nipped into the embankment for a pint, having had one uh, in the oldest inn in England, in the old uh, trip to Jerusalem, Uh, but uh, didn't need to go very far and managed to to, to bump into an old friend of the podcast who's Dan, so, just going to ask Dan for his observations, particularly just having seen the the, the the team get released. So, over to you, Dan. What do you think about the team that we've picked?
4: I think uh, after what's happened in the last couple of days with uh, Swindon and obviously Warsaw Friday, I think he's made the right decision to bring Townsend back in. And with the stopping mistakes Drysdale's made, Sebri back in. With his youth, it's, it's, it's a worry, but he's shown raw potential where Drysdale is. Possibly, he's let us down. I don't want to say that, but he has let us down. He's not being quite deserving of his place and with his fitness. So hopefully, Josh Shebry tonight can play a good performance. We got Omar at front with Will. I'm very positive tonight. I think with not County's his recent form, we can get a performance
0: tonight, and we we can take we can take a point from here. Okay, thanks, Dan. I definitely think there's goals in the game. Uh, I'm going to go for a bit of a slightly duller than last time around, but we're going, uh, yeah, a bit of a dull 3-2 away win uh, for, for the county. I'm going uh, Will Evans, me and the farmer, is going uh, Bogle as well, a Bogle brace. And we're going to go three up just after half-time and hang on in there for, uh, for, to, to get the result. Uh, we're going to head over towards the ground in a minute. Uh, really looking forward to this, and uh, we'll see you on the far side. OK, so we're, we're, we're just getting to the ground, uh, and I've bumped into a good mate of mine who's Tony, who's one of the kind of stewards here, uh, and he's got some predictions for the, ground, for, the, for the game tonight.
5: Tonight's prediction will be, Notts County 2, Newport County 0. All
0: right, he hoisted his trousers up, I would say, just, just to give us that one. Uh, we, we disagree, obviously, uh, comprehensively. Obviously, we're going for a count, uh, Newport County away win, uh, but we'll see him inside. The guys are on good form outside here, so looking forward to the game. Thanks all. So we've reached the away end and uh, I bumped into Ben who's going to do our uh, kind of traditional review of the, the local catering. So Ben, what's the pie like?
2: Uh, yeah, it's really tasty. Got a meat, meant to and onion. It's really good, yeah. It's a, bit, it's a bit expensive, but it's worth it. All right. And, and what's the crust like? It's Really crispy, really nice. It's easy to swallow. It's not hard. It's really good,
0: yeah. All right, well, there we have it. So it sounds like it's a big thumbs up for the pie from Ben. Uh, we've just got uh, staff's buses have arrived, so uh, we'll see you later, guys. Okay, so we've made it into the ground. Uh, initial impressions, this is a really proper old-school football ground here. They've been playing here since about 1910. Uh, it's enclosed with good-sized stands on all four sides, still open at the corners, which I always think makes for a really interesting game because you get a bit of wind blowing about. Uh, your classic for the for the, the floodlight watchers. Uh, four stanchions in the corners. None of this mucking about with stuff on the front of the stands. Uh, it's, it's in ev- light at every corner. Uh, looks really good. Pitch is in really good, Nick. There was loads and loads of rain about. You could see it when we were travelling up here today. There was water everywhere. But pitch looks really good. County looking really up for it as they warm up. Uh, yeah, really looking forward to this. Definitely got a bit of a Dave Doubledex radio local uh, character on the uh, on the PA system, so we're going to try and avoid him. Uh, definitely going for a big win for the county here. 3-2 away is my prediction. We're going Will Evans and a, Bo- a Bogle double. Final thing to say: looks a bit thin on the ground, both from home fans and also hardcore from County Away. So I reckon we'll probably end up with a couple of hundred. Uh, interesting to see what the away support is, but definitely a bit thin on the ground. I'm really, really pleased to see McColdrick is uh, not available for him tonight. After having five yellow cards, he's suspended. Uh, he's been someone who's contributed a lot for him this season already. Uh, really glad to see that he's not in the team. Uh, spoke to a couple of supporters from uh, Notts County uh, they were a bit apprehensive. They don't quite know what they're going to get from their side, even though they're uh, flying high uh, in League Two in second position at the moment. Uh, just absolutely anything could happen here, really. So on lineup, as Dan said earlier, uh, I think it was pretty inevitable that we'd see Nick Townsend back in goal. That felt like an experiment that didn't work. Uh, so I think it's really important that we get some stability there over the next few weeks, months. Uh, let the keeper kind of know that he's the, the, the number one and, uh, and, and get on with it. Uh, I think we'll play the same formation that we played last week. Uh, yeah, just, just it's going to be minimum change just with Drysdale uh, dropping to the bench uh, to get Seabree on this. I think we've been really impressed by Seabury this year. Uh, we'll just see how we go. Uh, so on, from one perspective, it's really good to see consistency at the back. Uh, And also about shape, because that means that we haven't picked up any more injuries. Still a little bit disappointed, I suppose, that we haven't got a few more people back uh, off that injury list, off the physio's couch. But, uh, yeah, good. I think we're really strong tonight. Really pleased to see a couple of people missing for them, particularly David McGoldrick, who didn't do us any favours in the FA Cup last year when he was playing at Derby. So even though he's probably a bit long in the tooth, uh, I think he's obviously doing a job at this level. So really good to, uh, to to see that he's not in their lineup tonight, not available for them. So, uh, yeah, over we go, guys. Just finishing up their warm up, and uh, we look ready to ready to go for uh, for quarter to eight. See you later, fellas. So we're 20 minutes in. Initial impressions: it's pretty well balanced, but uh, Jones is looking a threat down the left side. I think we're going to need to get some help for Payne playing at right back. Because all the threat from Knox County has come down that left side. And if we don't do something about that, I think we're going to pay for it. So there we are. Uh, First goal conceded, 24 minutes. Uh, Just a bit too easy. Went past Bryn Morris, worked a bit of space and got the shot away from him in the box and really gave Nick Townsend no chance at all. OK, so game on for us now. going to be a tough challenge to get back into this. And just when you thought it couldn't get any worse, uh, looks like a bad one for Seabree. He called the stretcher on. Looked in trouble as soon as he went to the ground. Uh, yeah, didn't need a, another problem at the back, but uh, that looks like what we've got. So it's going to be Seabree off by the look of it and Drysdale, I like, reckon, coming on. So we're 35 minutes in. Uh, Notts County have just scored again, just a bit too soft, open at the back, uh, could be a really long evening at this rate, uh, let's just try and get into half time I reckon for uh, a 2-0 regroup, see where we go from there, but uh, yeah really struggling at the moment, really struggling to get any kind of pressure on the game. So a bit of a tough first half. Uh, Prediction of a 3-2 away win. Still on, but looking uh, a bit hopeful. Uh, A little bit of despondency in the the concourses of the stand here. Uh, Pie was all right. I I went for the veggie one, but uh, the the, the meat ones had run out, so Pigeon wasn't very happy. Uh, And we'll go for classic clichés number one, that the next goal is going to be all important. Upper County. There we go. Same story again, exposed down our right side, down their left side, left pain on his own. Uh, too easy, got around the outside of him, just crossed it across and finished on the six yard box. Nick Townsend, no chance. Uh, we got to wake up a little bit around giving a bit of protection to people wide out. Um, yeah, bad day at Blackrock, Upper County. Okay, so. There we have it. Thoughts on the final whistle. The third goal really killed us off. Uh, if we thought we had any hope before that, well, that that was really the end of it. Um, Mr Shakespeare, uh, the referee, didn't really do us any favours by ruling out the goal from Omar, which looked, looked perfectly uh, perfectly good from, from our perspective. Obviously, uh, the injury to Seabury is really wonder- worrying. I don't need to say we, we we can't afford any injuries, particularly in those kind of uh, centre half positions. And Drysdale looked a bit um, kind of flaky when when when, uh, when he did get on the pitch. Um, yeah, it was a bit funny really. So Cocco after the, the the Swindon game said that he thought that we looked outclassed. Uh, I didn't really see that, but I certainly saw it today. Uh, we looked really vulnerable down the sides. They look really comfortable on the ball in just about every part of the pitch, and uh, even though we huffed and puffed a fair bit, didn't really make a lot of uh, very clear-cut chances. So, uh, big shout out to the 198 hardcore exiles that uh, that, that that made the trip. Uh, but yeah, not not a lot to shout about. Uh, I definitely need a pint, so uh, yeah, I'm off to old Jerusalem uh, to go and uh, drown my sorrows. And, uh, yeah, let's move on. Gillingham on Saturday, which is going to be uh, no easy task either. All right, that's Arnie signing off. Uh, Keep it county.
1: So, um, Arnie, thanks for that. Um, Reflecting back, what were your thoughts after that game initially? I know it's a few days ago now, but, you know, you've had a bit of time to reflect um, yeah, what were your immediate thoughts and then what are you are thinking now, particularly with the Gillingham game in mind as well? So uh, thoroughly enjoyed the trip. Hadn't been to, to Nottingham for a, for a while.
0: So, yeah, we re- re- really enjoyed it other than kind of for the, the hour and a half or so uh, in, in the middle of it, where we were kind of really comprehensively outplayed, felt like we got the formation wrong, set up with a back four, which left, left us pretty vulnerable, I think, to... Some of their strengths, um, you know, particularly down uh, their left and our right side, I think we left Lewis Payne pretty exposed. And it felt like we were a bit slow to react to that. Uh, and I guess the, the kind of stand back thing was, could have been a whole lot worse. Uh, 3-0 definitely didn't flatter them. Uh, I think you know uh, we, we got out fairly lightly, really. And I think that could have been even more damaging if, uh, if the scoreline had been up, uh, heavier than it was. Uh obviously we were all really disappointed and saddened to see uh you know another injury. Um, you know, Josh Hebri has been uh I think really beginning to establishing himself in the side. Uh so it was a bit of a a real cruel time for him to pick up that kind of nasty injury where it looks like he's gonna be out for um for, for four or five months. Um I guess my, my, my reflections, particularly after the, the the Gillingham result yesterday, they definitely picked the wrong away game to go to. <laughs> uh, bit, bit bit of a feeling that maybe I just sh- I should stop going altogether because I was looking back at the kind of fixture list in the in the kitchen this morning, and the, the last time I actually saw us win was uh, Sutton United on the 26th of August, and that's despite having been to quite a lot of games in the meantime. So yeah, I'm going to need to pick my away games a little bit. Uh, uh, more carefully but you know big shout out to the the exiles who made that uh that tough trip midweek uh, and particularly those guys uh who then kind of uh, got back on the bus again yesterday uh and really really good that uh, we got a much better result at Gillingham
1: yeah um absolutely yeah I, I I'm always in awe of um of you guys going to to the away's every you know week in week out so um yeah it's um it's a real commitment and particularly a season like this season. Um it's a, even more of a commitment, isn't it? Um yeah, you mentioned like we are getting the the formation wrong. Um now before we, we'll we'll come on to the Gillingham game, obviously. But um Ollie, were those your thoughts as well in terms of like that back four, just not you know, we, we just seem, I don't know, all at sea at times, don't we? Yeah, to
3: some of the points that Arnie made. Um <clears throat> I feel like it's quite telling. Of when the highlight of it is going to explore the city that the match is played in and not the match itself but I feel like we didn't really get anything right rather than what we did uh, against Dillingham, the formation was off, I think we was a little bit lazy um, not if that's a result of being overworked in training or if there's other factors behind it, a bit of fatigue setting in but you could just sense that there was a little bit of a drop-off, especially compared to other away days, where even if we had lost, we put in a bit more of a, a concrete performance. But Tuesday felt like a real blip. I think most fans were expecting us to lose, and it was a case of by how many. Three-nil probably flattering to... Uh, to us considering how many chances it uh not had, and I wouldn't be surprised if they're in the top three come me.
1: Yeah, I mean I, I kind of think the same to be honest. I think the they are a strong outfit and um it's no, it's 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 no shame in in losing to it, to a team like that. Um yeah, I feel like a lot of these performances feel quite energy zapping you know i i think yeah you know we mentioned like this you know maybe overtraining overworked or you know whatever whatever the reason for the injuries it just feels like it's such they're such draining performances you know um yeah you know, i mean you know watch bits of the the egg chasing uh yesterday and you know you know those kind of games feel like you know real like a battle real sort of like you're, you're exhausted by the end of it but of course i like, yeah, you know, we've got to pick ourselves up and go and play on a Tuesday night and and travel hundreds of miles as well. Yeah, it was just just picking up on that point a bit as well,
0: where um, the the knotts County game, you're, when when you're really then trying to chase the game a little bit, it felt like the the options off the bench were were, were pretty limited, and it was more really around protecting some of your kind of most prized assets than it was around trying to get back into the game. So it was pretty telling that the, the people that, uh, that 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 we pulled off there were. Um, Will Evans, Omar Bogle and then Scott Bennett uh, you know it didn't feel like they were changes that were made for, for for positives it was really around protecting them and trying to keep a little bit of energy in their legs ready to go again on Saturday uh, at a point when he might otherwise have thrown
1: a bit of caution to the wind. Mm, that's a really interesting point yeah because we're just so thin at the back aren't we? Um, Ian you were following that game on Tuesday night uh, what were your reflections?
4: Yeah, it was quite painful watching on from afar. I didn't enjoy doing the social medias that night. It was, it was <laughs> there was not much I could inject that other than a bit of Shelley poetry to keep everyone amused. But it was yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was, it was chastening. Um, you know, knots looked, you know, they looked a very good outfit, but I also think we helped them look a very good outfit. Um, and, and it's interesting, isn't it, on the, you know, touching on the injury side of things, which is something I've been sort of musing on a little bit. Obviously, I think if we look at our possession stats, you know, we're not a possession side this year, are we? So, you know, we're we're sort of 30, 35% possession in most games we play. That means we're doing a hell of a lot of running, you know, a hell of a lot of trying to close things down. Coughlin's made big, big sort of, you know, claims about the fact that he works some really hard in training. Now, you know, I'm not saying that's a cause of injuries, but if you're fatigued and you're constantly running, that does lead to potentially difficulties around muscle, particularly around muscle pulls. It's not nothing to do with Josh Eberson, she was something different, but all the sort of muscle pull stuff we have, is that related to the fact that we don't play a possession game, but we're working incredibly hard in training? Is it just bad luck? Is it the fact that we've got you know, a very small budget, so we've had to buy players that have got a bit of you know, glass knees and things like that, so it could be a combination of all three of those, but I, I do wonder if the amount of effort that we have to put in to attempt to um, you know, stop other teams playing. You know, does that have an effect? Is, is is sort of my query, really?
1: Yeah, I kind of feel. I feel like there is. There must be something there, right? You know, there the, there must be something in that. Um, but yeah, it, it does feel like we just need a bit of respite. You know, we we need a, a midweek off or something, don't we? Just to kind of like gather our our you know our collective um, uh, energies back
0: it probably feels
1: like a com- combination of all those
0: things um I, I, and yeah it's the intensity of the game that we're trying to play that small squad uh, which means that you get less amounts of recovery time and i think you know we all see players who are playing with with, with niggles and you always run the risk of aggravating those getting them to turn into something that's, uh um th- th- than worse you know th- th- that's worse than, than than when people are starting out in the game so definitely feels like a combination of all those things and you know we will need to get, really need to have a think about that I think when it comes to playing in cup games this week around how much effort we want to put into those and how much risk you want to put on kind of redlining those, uh, the, the players who are absolutely critical to us.
1: Yeah and 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 also like you know that obviously we're we're you know really you know stretched thin at the moment we're using a lot of players yeah you know, a lot of young youngsters as well coming in are we perhaps asking too much of them you know to sort of play in in the way that we're asking or is this just like you know just just a um yeah you know, a fact of you know fact of the, the matter of a, a a thin League two squad
4: I was a little bit worried for Payne after um after Tuesday because he he you know, he was taken off. He probably should have either been taken off earlier or we should have changed our formation and given him some help. And I was a bit I was a bit worried for him, but it was good to see him. You know, he did come on again, didn't he, on at uh, Gillingham. So, you know, that's good to see. He hasn't just been sort of, you know, put in, a, put in a car somewhere, you know, they've brought him back on. But in terms of the youngsters, I mean, I think the change in formation, which I'm sure will come on to after the Gillingham game, you know, Bonswell that was his best game that I think I've seen him play for us. Potentially because of the change in formation. So, you know, putting players in the right place, you know, it's not rocket science, is it? Putting a left wing back and actually a left footed wing back and actually playing him as a left footed wing back has got to help a young player who won't have a huge amount of experience of that versatility that you know we've had to ask players to show for us. But if we can actually play him in the positions that they they're used to, that's gotta help as well, hasn't it? And as we'll probably talk about uh um, Scott Bennett or the Benna Bauer, who is he's now being called then you know <laughs> he he will potentially have made a big difference to some of the young players around him so yeah
1: um, Yeah I think so I mean final points really on on Knotts County you know um, Ed, Ed um, on the pod has always been saying you know it was a really tough October that set of fixtures, tough run of games I've kind of like come to accept that you know we're going to lose those, you know, a lot of those kind of games. Um, and maybe it's just, you know, after a few, um, a few exciting seasons, yeah, you know, we we're coming back to that sort of more pragmatic, uh, uh, you know, approach to, to a League Two football season where we're going to have a lot of like turgid stuff we're going to have to sit through before we get to the good stuff. Um, but hey, uh, yeah, we live and learn. But now we get to talk about Chillingham which is fantastic. Now Ian, you were on uh, the the Julian Pod um, and you predicted a win. Ollie made the long trip down to Kent. So let's have a listen to Ollie's match diary.
5: Good morning, good afternoon and good evening everybody. My name is Ollie and I am bringing you today's Match Day Diary. Uh, you join me in a fairly sunny but fairly chilly Gillingham. I am stood outside the away end of Priestfield Stadium. Um, and as away ends go, it's certainly unique. Um, if you can pick so a construction site with plenty of scaffolding, add a few more tubes onto it and you've got something close to what... I'm uh, looking at right in front of me but I have been reliably informed that we are not in the shaky construction end and we are in something that's probably more uh, constructionally sound Um, in terms of the atmosphere here you might be able to hear in the background there is plenty of uh, good music uh, a good turnout from the county fans today and hopefully this weather holds up in terms of line uh, we've reverted to a 5-3-2 with uh, most uh, most if not all of the fit center half starting for us Declan Drysdale, Ryan Delaney and Matt Baker making up our back three sean McLaughlin on the right Matty Bondswell on the left uh, all in front of Nick Townsend a midfield three of Bryn Morris, Scott Bennett and Aaron Wildig and then up top Omar Bogle and Will Evans. Initial thoughts going into this game, I'd be happy with a point, but we hope for more. You never know with County. I'm full of optimism, and that may be due to the fact that I'm also slightly filled with cider. But we will get into this match, and I will give you updates as they come. So the Gillingham away mascot has just uh, wandered through the away end. Um, It's certainly an interesting mascot based off the Gillingham badge. It is a a horse who looks very sombre. I'm not sure if that's got any correlation with the fact that this is uh, the selected fixture for Gillingham for Remembrance Day or if he's being carted off to... uh, Somewhere a bit more sinister, but the atmosphere in the stadium is quite nice. We are under a sheltered away stand, so we are not at the, the hands of the gods in terms of the weather conditions. Plenty of county fans filtering into the away end, and it promises to be a good match. <laughs> So we're into the opening minutes here at the Priestfield Stadium and one uh, fairly interesting tactical observation. Scratch what I said about the back three uh, a few seconds ago. Uh, the back three now consists of Ryan Delaney, uh, Declan Doyle, and Scott Bennett with Matt Baker playing in the midfield in a holding position. Atmosphere. So far, it's been good. We're a little three over minute into the match. Right, come on, day! That's about three times as we just wandered, uh, scoring towards a random end. Uh, a multitude of our players trying to stick it in the back of the net. All three unsuccessful. We're about coming up to the 15-minute mark here. It's been a little bit back and forth, but so we're still hunting that uh, first goal to break the deadlock. Three. County fans flock into the front of the away ends. Here we go. Omar Bogle starting his runner. and what a game it has been this first 25 minutes a little bit half and half early on we get the penalty 5 minutes ago we score that 1-0 no sooner as I've come back from the toilet we've got a second here is a whistle Bogle starts to run up
2: 2-0
5: Folklifts and flop it into the bottom right corner. Sends your way into and to at the blows Two nil to Newport County after 26 minutes. And there we have it, the conclusion of the first half. Newport County two, Gillingham nil. Both goals courtesy of Omar. Folklift penalties coming in the full in the 20th and 25th minute. Two few observations from that first half. Um, Compared to previous games, we've definitely been playing a lot more compact. The, uh, The defensive line is definitely playing a lot more closer to the attackers. We've got a bit more of a problem midfield, so... Gear that start to turn a little bit quicker and a little bit more uh, effectively. Uh, as well as that, Will Evans is playing a bit of an interesting position. He's not really got a defined role as so such, more occupying a space the right than the as we we've seen in previous matches, Omar Bogle definitely being the focal point of this side Will Evans playing out more dropped back into a midfield almost reminiscent of a 4-5-1 uh, but the 45 minutes that you can't complain about, 2-0 up, both goals coming from penalties and hopefully we can see this out and get the three points and making their way back out onto the pits, ready to start the second half. Looked like an earned side for us. Worked well in the first half, so hopefully more of the same. Little under 10 minutes played in this second half, and it's mostly gone the way of Dillingham. We've had one or two chances. Uh, Evans almost got a third goal, but mostly it's gone the way of Dillingham. They've been pressuring us with shots keeping it firmly in our half and the tide feels like it is turning a little bit but there is still uh, a large portion of this half to go to knock out the other stands First change of the match for us to be made in the 63rd minute uh, Kevin Rye coming on for Will Evans who taken a little bit of a knock it uh, has been hopping around for the last Five or so minutes, so he will make way. Uh, Kibben Roy coming on, and hopefully, Kibben Roy can bag a ball. Second sub for us, uh, uh pain coming on for Declan Drysdale, who's had probably a better performance in some of his previous cameos. Uh, looked a little bit shaky this half, but he's held up well. I still don't feel like he's a hunter back from that injury but he's been on a good shift today making way for Payne who's been pretty good so far. he's not put a foot wrong for me this season so hopefully uh, hold up at the back as well here's one for fans of the tactics truck since the introduction of Lewis Payne he's now been playing right back uh, well right wing back I should say which has allowed Shane McLaughlin to move up into the midfield at the expense of Matt Baker dropping back into the free centre back so a little bit of rotation interesting to see McLaughlin finding the midfield where uh, a lot of people think his best position also should be an interesting little watch If my math is correct, that's our third and final sub for the day. Uh, Aaron Wildig brought off for James Waite. Uh, Wildig's played an absolute blinded today. Pressing machine really grafted out. Creative out there once again. Uh, But Waite definitely has something to offer. Six minutes left on the clock. It's been a pretty good second half. Uh, We mentioned at the start of the half, Gillingham might be looking to turn the tide, and to an extent they have, but not as much as they would like to. And I think we start to get back into this game a little bit more. So, last five minutes, we'll see where we are at the end. And there we have a full time end Gillingham nil, Newport County 2. A really comprehensive performance for the actors today. Two goals, both coming guilty of Omar, both of penalty. penalties. Importantly, is no
1: injury. What a performance on Tinky today! So, Ollie, easy this away game stuff, isn't it? Um, you've had a pretty decent run of away games this season.
3: Well, I checked it this morning and I'm two for six at the moment, so that's 33 percent. And I'm sure, I'm sure <laughs> I, I'm this higher than uh, yours. And, probably definitely higher than Ian's uh, away win percentage, but I'm yeah, not sure I've done uh, that. I've got 43 years, Ali, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd take two from six as well. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, simply to to not, uh, it's brilliant to get to explore uh, the city of Dillingham or town, whichever one it is. Um, beautiful place, nice stadium. Uh, we wasn't seated in the slightly shaky, uh, constructing-looking away end. We was under a roof, and I think it's probably needed with uh, with the conditions. But the performance we had yesterday was night and day to what we played on Tuesday night, I think. Obviously, we've talked about the formation teams playing the three um, centre-backs yesterday as opposed to two on Tuesday night. Definitely helped out with the defensive duties. Scott Bennett looked like he had played that position all season. Um, Bondswell and McLaughlin, both excellent uh, in attacking and defensive uh, transitions. And, yeah, for all the negatives that we had Tuesday, I think we had everything right uh, yesterday.
1: So, yeah, so let's talk about uh, about Bennett uh, playing uh, in that back three because he obviously he used to, you know, sit in that back three, um, you know, in recent seasons. And and then I think it was kind of, the problem was, hit, you know, that lack of pace really that sort of was his undoing. Now, I haven't seen the game um, yesterday, so I'm relying on you guys to tell me all about it. But like, was that ever a problem or were we sitting a little bit deeper to sort of counteract that?
3: I don't think it was ever a problem. And I know Scott Bennett has a few uh, flaws when you consider uh, what criteria you want in a centre-back, obviously the lack of pace, and he is a little bit on the shorter side. But I think the sort of uh, job that Coughlin has given to the centre-backs is essentially sit back, absorb pressure. If you get the ball, boot it away, and that's what Ryan Delaney does excellently. We just sort of let the opposition have the ball and when they're needed, they just throw their body on the line, get in the way of the shot and sort of get the ball out of the box so it allows the wing-backs, the midfield, and the strikers to sort of play football and try and hit teams on the counter. So I don't think it's going to be an issue playing uh, Scott Bennett there in the future. I am curious of whether this is a longer-term plan, sort of reminiscent of Matty Dolan, who... Dropped back into a that centre defensive role and had a blinder for the season, or if this is more of just a stopgap whilst a few of the centre backs are coming back to full fitness. Mm,
1: mm. I feel, yeah, in in my mind, it feels like a a, a stopgap solution, but it's a good one to have up your sleeve. Um, and I think it probably helps now that we have like a, a midfield or two because I think before we couldn't really take him out of midfield because we were light in midfield as well, weren't we? So, um, yeah. Um, Ian, oh, Arnie, Arnie, your thoughts on the game?
0: Yeah, so, so, I mean, that that was the absolute critical thing. And I think it was one of the areas where the gaffer has really shown his um, his worth this week. So um, I think we probably all thought that we needed, particularly after the game at Notts County, that we needed to do a bit of a, a kind of a change of formation. Um, but I reckon uh, most of us in the tactics truck would have seen the obvious choice to have been to drop... Um, uh, country files Matt uh, Baker uh, back in there. He was the obvious choice, uh, and then left. You know the, the midfield pretty much as it was with Bennett in a bit more of a holding role. Uh, you know the, the Cocker has was clearly kind of chosen to do it differently, and I guess that's why um, we're kind of uh, amateur observers from the, the tactics truck, and he's the he's he's the man in the dugout where it just looks like an absolute masterstroke to have put Benno in there both from the contribution that he actually made personally, but also in kind of brigading the troops there, a bit of an old head talking people through uh, the game. So I think a kind of massive influence that, uh, that 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 he brought to things. I mean, the the other thing that's interesting as well, Coco kind of stuck to his guns a little bit. So I think particularly after a damaging result Tuesday night, could have gone for something kind of ultra defensive, gone one up top, uh, pack midfield, pack the defence, uh, and he didn't do that. He's still stuck with pretty well playing two front line attacking players, uh, and that that kind of uh, paid dividends for us. But I think you know, just a master stroke to put Bennett into in, into that uh, uh, three centre halves formation, and not just go with the obvious choice, and it really benefited us yesterday.
4: I, I didn't realize it at the time because I thought, well, yeah, Baker will drop back. I was I was desperately hoping we would go, even though I'm not a fan of three five two as a general football thing. I was absolutely, we had to play that for me on, on, on Saturday. And I was really glad that, that, that he made that shift. Cause you know, is it cause he's been a little bit stubborn up to now, Coco, or is it, is it the fact that we just haven't had the, the personal on the pitch to do it? Um, and it was really good, I said earlier on, that he put a left-footed player at wing-back and a right-footed player at right wing-back. You know, that's not rocket size, but he did it, which I'm, I'm glad to do, glad to see. And I thought afterwards, the reason I don't think he maybe put Baker back is obviously Baker's also very inexperienced, isn't he? So if you put Baker, Delaney and Drysdale as a back three, that could get a bit jittery, right? So I was thinking, actually, Baker's got probably more legs than Benno. Stick him in the middle. Stick him in midfield, and then can drop back and use, as you said, Arnie, use his experience. And I think that it was really clear to me that the organising he was doing, the talking to both his centre back pairings, but also to um, Morris and to Baker in front of him, those shielding too, he was he was sort of pulling everyone together, wasn't he? And I think that, you know, I think I put on the on the socials, you know, he wasn't wearing the captain's armband, but I was a captain's performance, you know, it really was. Think so, uh, yeah. The Benabauer, uh, here, here we go.
3: <laughs> Just one more point I wanted to touch on, uh, yesterday in terms of tactics. I did mention it in the Matt's diary was when we brought on Lewis Payne for Declan Drysdale, how we sort of rotated a bit and it meant McLaughlin could go into the midfield, Payne went over to the right, and Matt Baker dropped back into the three centre half, And I think it's really interesting sort of coming round to the idea of maybe um, experimenting a little bit more with certain players in certain formations. And I know we sort of deviate away from Ian love of putting uh, square pegs in square holes. But I think it does sort of open us up to potential sort of, uh, versatility that we've seen uh, in previous years where we can have one set of 11 players who can play three or four different sort of uh, formations and tactics so I think it's it's good to see Copland sort of embracing having a plan B and a plan C as well as trying to get a defined plan A on board
1: yeah, I think that's a really good point. Um, and you know, after um, Bennett Bauer, we've got some total football. Uh, yeah, we've got some Dutch total football coming in as well. <laughs> um, I don't know who um, Cruyff is in this uh, in this weird metaphor, but um, yeah, uh, no, I think the the flexibility is really good to have, particularly when I uh, you know situations like, like this when our backs up against the wall. Um, I did have a question about um, like width because I'm you know when we played this diamond I've always like worried that we're playing you know quite narrow and like through the middle of the park. But obviously, you know, move into a, a a back three and then the two wing backs. Um, I don't know if anyone could tell me you know were we you know a much wider you know spread in the play a little bit more where our wing backs really getting on the touch lines.
4: I think we played okay. I think there was more width. Sorry, I think there was more width yesterday, and I think. Both of them shuttled up and down the sides well, I thought. Um, you know, I mean look, Bonswell was in the box for the penalty, wasn't he? It was the softest penalty you'll ever gonna see. If I was a Julian fan, I would be I wouldn't be happy with that. But he was the guy who was brought down in the box. So he, he was getting up right up there and he was also he was also covering his you know, covering his side as well. Uh, and McLaughlin's got a good cross on him, I think, and, and I think he, he was putting a putting a few good balls in. So it's not the you know, it's not pure winger territory, but I think they were getting up and down the flanks much better than we've seen previously.
1: Are we are we feeling a bit more confident? um after the Gillingham result that you know we've got something you know a bit of like metal in this side we've got a bit of fight we've got a bit of fight back um you know I think after after the Nott's counter game I was I was thinking you know that big reset like what we were what we were discussing but um obviously not you know we we Cock stuck to his guns. Um I thought we might be just setting up to make ourselves really really hard to beat and you know trying to get a counter and stuff but it sounds like we you know we're we're, we're sticking to, to our principles a little bit more. Um, um, yeah, I've won a little bit more optimistic about it. But um, Arnie, first of all, what are you thinking?
0: Yeah, I mean, I thought, you know, he, he might have really kind of hunkered down and, and gone ultra defensive and just tried to, to you know, to um, grind out a point. Certainly didn't do that yesterday. Um, and, and it does feel, uh, you know, it, I think there was also, it felt like he'd um, kind of read the riot attack to the dressing room a little bit. Uh, he was obviously really disappointed with uh, the, the the performance on Tuesday night, and that's not something that he's done much before. He's, um, I think, he came out and said in some of the press stuff that that he's really kind of, uh, you know, um, take, taken the hit, I guess, uh, and come come in for a, a fair chunk of criticism, which which feels pretty uh, pretty unreasonable and, and unjustified at times. So I think it does sound like he read the riot act a bit. The team did really step up, uh, and I think you know we're all just hoping that. that the thing that we're, you know, really clinging on to, is that uh, you know that we get over that run of injuries because it probably feels at the moment like uh, the, the physios' room is busier than Greg's at the service station on a Saturday lunchtime. Just, just must be kind of people just queuing up everywhere to get on the on the physios' couch. So uh, I think that, that that's kind of what we're clinging on to. I the other thing not not to lose sight of yesterday, uh, you know, you you need some luck in these games. And it did feel like we had the rub of the green a bit. So, you know, Nick Townsend made some really good saves. Uh, They hit the bar and and, and missed chances at critical times of the game, Uh, particularly just before halftime. They had a couple of really good uh, chances, which they they, they didn't convert. And uh, as Ian's just said there, it it felt like the the second penalty in particular was was a really, really soft one. Uh, We'd have been kind of... uh, uh, massively disappointed if we if we had uh, if that had been given against us um but then you take it you get swings and roundabouts mm. uh so we'd take it and move on uh I, I reckon we could probably do without the cup games as I said um kind of coming up now we could do we're trying to build a bit of momentum on the back of getting a good result uh but yeah we'll just take any points we can get at the moment
1: yeah yeah absolutely um uh, Ian, um obviously you know we we sort of mention that you know uh in in previous pods, you know C- Cochlear has come under a little bit of pressure um and obviously you know we've got the impending takeover as well um what are your gut instincts what are your thoughts like obviously we've had a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde week um but yeah I mean is is, is CoCo at risk or or is it not even a conversation yet
4: I don't think it should be a conversation and I don't think he should be at risk um I was just thinking, you know, if we'd have lost at Gillingham, then the start of our season looks very similar to what happened to Rowbury last year. And I was thinking to myself that, you know, when Rowbury went last year, I was—I remember saying—I really hope that we don't have a situation where we're in October next season, we have a, strict, a sticky start, and we then—and we, you know, we then throw another manager out. We're, we're having to reinvent again. So. You know, it has been a tough start, but I think we all knew it was going to be quite a tricky season. And I think that I was a bit worried after the Knots game. We were we were pretty toothless that day, but but you know we've turned it around at Gillingham and put in you know a good performance. And at, for me, Cockle's not at risk. The, the, the thing I would say, and I've been wondering about this, um, reflecting on real life affecting football. So the place where I work we're we're under difficulty at the minute. Changes afoot, you know. Um, to talk of redundancies, all this sort of stuff and lots of us have been through stuff like this the players and the manager at Newport know that change is going to come, don't they? Now change can have a really destabilising effect on culture, on organisations on values within within organisations now we've got no idea what's being said or done behind the scenes we don't know what role um, Hugh Jenkins is taking what he's looking at, what his thoughts are but if you've, you know, we've, we've got a mixed bag and we have young players and older players, many of whom will be thinking, Ooh, you know, they could be thinking, what's what's going to, what's what does it mean for me? I've just moved to Newport. We've got a new guy coming in. What does that mean for me? Now you can galvanize that and get it right, but it could be having a bit of a destabilizing effect. And it's just to, you know, just to sort of throw that out there as a little bit in the background that that sort of cultural change is something that we shouldn't all, we shouldn't forget about that it can be. It can be difficult for people to handle that sort of change that's going on, but for me, no. Cockland stays where he is. We go through the we go through the process. We see where we are at Christmas, and then Jenkins is going to have his view, is not he?
1: Mm-hmm. Oli, what's your gut instinct on Cocko?
3: I think he's done a pretty good job of navigating choppy waters. Is sort of a similar situation to when he came in about a year ago. We was sort of languishing at the bottom half. It was up to him and Joe Dunst to sort of galvanise the team and twin show that the worst uh, isn't going to happen, and I think it's very much a case of that again. Um, I f- do feel for Coughlin because it's sort of been the perfect storm of bad situations for him. We've had a tough month. We've got countless injuries. Obviously, the uh, off-field stuff to take over isn't going to help with sort of. His confidence and his job security. So, I think he's doing a great job with what he's got. And I think as we go through uh, November and December and into the new year, we'll start to see a bit more defensive solidity with the likes of Jameson and Clark coming back. We'll see more creativity with the likes of uh, Adam Lewis and Harry Charles Lee returning to the fold. And we can finally get to see what uh, Zanzala brings to the mix, providing his glass knees uh, hold up. So, I don't think it should be a conversation that he gets sacked, and I don't think there's any managers out there currently who could do a better job than what Coughlin has done and what he's got at his, his disposal at current.
0: I, I I think Ollie's spot on there. Um, I think you know the Coughlins come under kind of ridiculous level of criticism. Um, it feels like you know he's been dealt a really tough hand in terms of uh, the budget, the injuries. Uh, all those things that that are kind of really well rehearsed and genuinely, I just don't know who could do a better job uh, than him, and I don't see why you would ever want to change without knowing whether there's a kind of a, a, a better alternative out there. We got to accept we'll get good periods, we'll get bad periods, good results, bad results, and you know not overreact when we get a few more of those coming along in the near future because uh, you know there they will be times when we're on the wrong end of a bad result or or a bad uh, bad run but you know genuinely I can't see anybody that could do a better job uh, the only thing that I kind of really worry about really is that it feels like he's used to being really in control uh, of just about everything on and off the pitch and you know I worry a little bit whether Hugh Jenkins uh, will want more say in terms of uh, players that are brought in uh, kind of the, the kind of areas where where Coco was kind of really Uh, been been pretty autonomous on that so uh yeah i think there's a little bit of stuff for us to navigate there but it feels like uh you know he for me he's absolutely the right man for the job uh i I just can't see who would do it better
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah i agree i think yeah it is the the levels of criticism have been ridiculous in the in the situation he's been put under um and yeah i think yesterday's game just goes to show you know we still have a, a team who will sort of fight for that manager fight for for you know that cause so but yeah this sort of brings me to my sort of final point really about um you know the next couple of months coming up for Christmas like I don't really want to aim for like a particular number of points or like oh it'd be great to get three or four wins or whatever I just feel like we just need to continue showing this um this side sort of desire really this fight. Um and then we'll get to January and hopefully then we'll be able to to um to to bring in some new players or or our injured players will return. Um but uh, Ian very quickly um what do you what are your thoughts over the next few months or up to leading up to Christmas? What what do you think we need or
4: well, you know, we're only eight points off the playoffs aren't we? So you know, you know, always look forward. <laughs> um <laughs> I I mean, you know, we had a tough October. We've got an unbelievably tough November in terms of, you know, I'm not worried about the the West Ham game. I'd like us to really have a go at Oldham um, because the cup run is good. You know, we haven't got a Tuesday night game there. So, but then we've got um, Franchise FC at home, uh, who have unfortunately started to pick up some form, haven't they? You know, then we've got Mansfield away. That's going to be unbelievably tough. Then we've got Stockport at home. Well, that's going to be unbelievably tough. And then we've got more come away on a Tuesday night and they're they're doing all right. So that, that's a that's a tricky November, isn't it? So, you know how we pick up points in that's gonna be gonna to be tough, I think. So I think like I was saying, we might have to weather a bit of a storm and then hopefully we can start picking up picking up some more games because in December I think we've got to go to Tramia, um, and then obviously we've got Forest Green Boxing Day, so we've got to play some of the teams that are more around us. Um so I think we've just got to be steady away. Um, you know, if we could get another seven points Eight points, something like that, before Christmas. That'll put us on twenty-five, wouldn't it? If we if we need fifty to stay up, that's halfway there. And we should have more injury. We should have our injuries coming back, and we should be able to strengthen a bit in January. So if we could get to sort of twenty-five points by Christmas, that'd be great.
1: Hmm. Yeah, Ollie, do you do you look ahead and and try and figure out where where the wins are coming, or are you more of a take each game that comes kind of guy?
3: I think after this week, there's no real way to sort of plan out where the wins are going to come, um, unless you're in and you just predict every game to be a win. Um, uh, no, I'm I'm very similar to you, Sammy. I don't think um, I've got a point total in mind, I feel, as long as we are above the bottom two and we're still showing a level of uh, fight and a level of determination in the manager, I think with the players coming back with possible reinforcements in January, it's more about morale rather than points at the moment for me. So keeping out the bottom two, keeping our heads above the water and just reminding ourselves that on our day, we have more than enough quality, more than enough uh, experience in our manager and more than enough uh, sort of credentials to stay within this league.
1: So, yeah, Arne, what are your thoughts over the next couple of months then? Where, where are you hoping to see us by the time Christmas comes around? So so no specific
0: targets for me in terms of points. It's really about keeping our head above water, getting those players off the uh, the, the physio's couch. Um, I think kind of making sure that that we beat those teams that are around us at the bottom of the, the, the table there in the dogfight. And then I think anything else that you can pick up is a real bonus uh, from the teams higher up the divisions. And I think that was a really good example yesterday uh, to get that result at Gillingham. Uh, and I guess just remember that, uh, yeah, a bit of an analogy, but you, you haven't got to outrun the bear. You've just got to be uh, quicker than uh, somebody else that he's chasing. So uh, just, you know, we, we haven't got to be brilliant this year. We've just got to try and keep our our heads above those uh, th- those two bottom places.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? Um, I think we're, we're, it feels like we're sort of maybe coming back because of the situation we've sort of found ourselves and we're coming back to the whole, um, you know, walk before you can run. Let's get the basics right. Let's make ourselves hard to beat and then let's just get enough points to survive. That's what it feels like for me. All right, well, it's time uh, for player of the pod. Um, I'm going to start with let's start with arnie cuz um you were there on tuesday night um so yeah you're player of the pod this week
0: so if if i can have
1: two uh, i would probably could have as many as Cock- like
0: <laughs> but, So coco to start off with i think two bits firstly you know on the back of a really tough um defeat on tuesday night and also you know the draw against walsall where it felt like it was it felt like a loss rather than a a, a draw i think firstly Kind of uh, what he did to, to to manage to to pick the players up uh, to to get them uh, firing again on uh, on on Saturday yesterday at, at Gillingham. Uh, there's a huge kind of uh, bit of expertise that goes into that, knowing the best way to to, to pick players up, uh, and then I think the kind of the tactical masterstroke to um, to go with Bennett at the back when we, there were probably alternative options for if you were going to go to a to, to a back three. So I think that was brilliant. Uh, Scott Bennett, uh Bennett Bower is he gonna nickname him there? Then uh I think you know, he, he had it was absolutely awesome yesterday. I'm a big fan of Bennett uh, I think you know, no no uh um coincidence that a string of managers, whether that's Flyney, uh Robry, or now Coco, I know he's one of the first people on the on the team sheet by the look of it, for all of those speaks volumes for him. So I think he had just an immense game yesterday influencing the, the people around him and then my, my my last one was um is kind of omar uh, yesterday so you know he comes in for his fair share of criticism even from the county fans uh, obviously the the kind of incident after the the, the first goal uh, nobody wants to see that uh you know I, I think uh you know massive mental strength from him uh, to step up and then take the second penalty you know at the same end uh, in front of uh, kind of a whole load of uh, baying home supporters, I guess, particularly on the back of that being a, a, a decision that looked really soft, uh, but to stand up there and have the bottle and uh, the skill to, uh, to to stick away the second penalty that that was massive for me. So a huge shout out to Omar for that.
4: Is Arnie the first person who's given Player of the Pod to the manager? He could be
0: <laughs> a bit of originality. <laughs>
3: The problem is, if we get any more injuries, Cochrane might have to become Player of the Pod.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think we're all, uh, yeah, dusting our boots off, aren't we? We're probably going to get the call up any minute now. But um, yeah, I'm actually going to just jump in uh, with my Player of the Pod actually because mine is going to be Omar as well. Um, yeah, the uh, the incident um, referring to if, if people haven't seen it, um, yeah, the, the the racist abuse aimed at, at Bogle from for one Gillingham fan. Um, look, it's 2023. Come on. It's ridiculous. It's too better than that. We're better than that, guys. Um, I know it's one person, but one person is too much. Um, But yeah, Omar. um, I love the guy. I think he's. I think he he puts up with so much, but he keeps powering on, and he keeps getting in the goals as well. And and yeah, to have that sort of temperament and to have that calmness to to take uh, two penalties um, in space of what five minutes um, and big penalties in in the sort of. Outlook of our season as well, so um, yeah, that's my prayer of the pod. Um, Ollie, I'm
3: going to go with a bit of a, an outside shape here, but I do think it's a player who has had a bit of a torrid sign this season, but is starting to earn his place. And that's Matty Bonswell. Uh We've seen on countless occasions see McLaughlin playing in that uh, left wing back role, and McLaugh- uh, in, in Bondswell just being relegated to the bench, but. He came in uh, for cameo on Tuesday night against Notts and played as well as he could um, given the opposition. And I think yesterday's the best game we've seen him play. He's not had the most minutes, um, but he's really working hard when he gets his chances and sort of trying to build the case to Cockman to uh, maybe become a regular fixture in the squad, especially with. Adam Lewis coming back uh in the near future. So yeah, I think Bonswell is a player who probably deserves a bit more praise, and he's getting uh and he might be just going under a few people three
1: Yeah, really good point, actually. Um, yeah, we've we've got a lot of these like youngsters coming through. Um and and obviously they're they're coming here to have a bit of game time, they'll come on with the Premier League sides, and um Quite often, you know, we don't expect too much. We kinda of hope for a little bit of like you know, something from them. But um, yeah, he's he's coming on nicely. I agree with you. Uh, Ian
4: Well, it was gonna be the Bogle, but everyone's already given the Bogle a lot of praise. Um so I, I can't give him any more. Well, I will say it was quite funny on Tuesday night when I was on the socials, people were saying, you know, we were getting walled up to people saying like it's Bogle's fault. I'm like, hang on a minute, I think the bomb's at the other end. Do you know what I mean? It's like, um, you know, and we think that him and Evans they've got 17 goals between them, I think, in the league now this season. So, you know, if we can keep the if we can we can keep the back door shut, we're all right, aren't we? So um, but it's gonna have to be the Benabauer, isn't it? It's gonna have to be the Benabauer. He's he's player of the pod this, this week. I can't take credit for that name, by the way. Friend of the pod, friend of the pod Stu, Blair it's he he, he nicked him, he nicknamed him that. So you know, I didn't think he could, I didn't think he was gonna be playing at centre back, but he played an absolute masterstroke um and he the organisation that he put and the the communication that he was doing yesterday um he had a he had one of his you know we always say he gives like a 7 out of 10 don't he you know he's the onion in the curry was as we always call him tell you what he was he was the onion he was the rice he was everything in the curry on saturday he was, he was all the flavour he did everything so 10 out of 10 performance captain's performance it was brilliant the Benavoua
1: amazing yeah um Let's stick with you, Ian, for shout-outs and beefs.
4: Right, shout-out. This is a bit of an unusual one. I'm going with the knots winger who gave uh, Payne a terrible time. Um, And the only reason I'm doing that is because those of you who've listened to this long enough know that I love a winger. So you'll often hear me going on about Kevin Moore back in the 80s who played for us. I love a winger. Chalk on the boots, down the touchline, panicking the fullback, getting the balls in. You know, they're a bit of a dying sort of thing, isn't they, wingers, with all the sort of funky formations that people have now. Wingers are sort of a bit of a dying art. But to see one, unfortunately it was against us, but to see one turning it on, sticking to that touchline, roasting the fullback and creating all sorts of of chaos, I like to see wingers. So, you know, my shout-out is to wingers, and I'm going to give a shout-out to that guy in particular. Beef, we've touched on it, but, you know... We don't want to see racism in any shape, form, or form in any club in any society. So, you know, and it was really good to see, you know, the fact that that's one individual. You know, I, I spoke on the Gillingham uh, pod the before, and I spoke to it on a different pod of theirs last year. You know, all of their fans came out and you know appalled by it as well. So it's just you know being it's been randomly condemned, which is absolutely as it should be. You know, we. As supporters we've got to drive that out of any club that it's that it that it exists in and, and drive it out of society so you know that's a that's a beef but it is good to see every you know the quick you know quickly arrested quickly banned and fans unanimously turn around and and condemn in that
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah um let's meet to Ollie for your shas and beefs
3: my uh, shout out is a bit of a uh, shared shout out uh, alongside friend of the pods uh, Stuart blair. Uh, Blairinho, is he you know, we on Twitter. Um, it's the decision to have the match clock count injury time, not just the 45 minutes of the half. And I know it sounds like a, a very simple thing, and it might be simple things, please simple people, but to see actually how many minutes are left of the half and to know sort of, especially at the end of the match when the two nil up and... There's a few attacks going in and they're holding on, and you go minute and a half left, minute left, 30 seconds left. It just builds that extra atmosphere. Um, I think it's probably one of the few changes that's been made uh, of recent that I've actually enjoyed. Uh, and then my beef um, now that I'm actually doing away days with the county, I get to experience uh, the joys of service stations and. Uh, <laughs> There are some some crackers out there so far, but the one thing you can't escape from no matter how good a service station is is how uh, insanely priced a bottle of water can be at two pound eighty five. So, yeah, um, that's that's probably my my big beef of uh, of the week is service station prices. Great, great show out on beef.
1: Yeah, that's fantastic. Um... <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah and also the, the 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 clock uh counting injury time yeah i think we're going to have a new generation of football fans who will not be able to like yeah you know, because you always had to build up that internal clock yourselves didn't you you had to like figure out oh it's probably been about three minutes now and um you know you you got quite good at it after a while but now now fans are just going to be relying on on the actual clock itself so yeah it's a good thing though i agree um arnie have you got any chance yeah, or so, of these? So,
0: so on that one, it's, it's kind of jumping jump on the bandwagon a, a little bit here. So, so clocks, I noticed they still didn't do it in the Wales versus Croatia game. They still kind of stopped the clock at 90 minutes. So uh, straight away, you become very used to and very reliant on uh, on kind of having the, the, the technology there to help us. So come on, UEFA, um, you need to, to, <laughs> to up your game as well. Uh, there was a bit around general beefs with catering managers, uh so at Notts county on tuesday night, i don't think it's an absolute heinous heinous crime to uh to to run out of meat pies you know they're only catering for about 200 uh, fans but they managed to, to to run out of those so uh that wasn't great and i was on the back of uh, last time i spoke to Ian we were down at crawley and absolutely sweltering down there and r- running out of water is probably a pretty uh should, should be a sackable offence as well uh, i mean my the the, the shout outs um, yeah, on the back of a really unsavory incident yesterday, I thought the response from Gillingham as a football club has, has been fantastic on that. Um, you know, really kind of uh, decisive action that they've taken there, both in terms of um, uh, banning the individual for life, uh, but also kind of the, the, the supporters as well, who, who really stepped in. I guess the, 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 the beef with that is around stewards that don't do it. Um, you know that they're, they're, they're there to do a particular job. I, I guess it's not particularly easy, but there was obviously uh, somebody that was way out of line there, uh, and the stewards just kind of uh, turned a little bit of a blind eye to it and left it to the home supporters to, uh, to to police that particular incident. So, big shout out to the the supporters and Gillingham and come on stewards, let's uh, do, do your job properly at times.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah um you're right uh yeah it can't be easy but yeah it shouldn't be left down to to fan stuff to, to call that out really should it um yeah all right We've got, yeah, we've got a couple of cup games coming up. Um, and obviously this panel is uh, wavering on on interests and whether they we want them or not. I know that. But um, but yeah, and, and we've already mentioned as well that the tough run of fixtures in November. It doesn't get easier. But you know, we're gonna take each game as it comes, aren't we? We're gonna try and try and get as much as we can out of each game. Um, it just remains me really to thank um firstly Tinty and the Bucket Hats for our theme tune. Um, but also to, to Ollie and Arnie for their their contributions today and their their match day diaries. Um, yeah, really appreciate it. Thank you both for joining. All right, absolute pleasure.
3: all that pleasure. Thank you for uh, for bestowing us with the opportunity.
1: <laughs> no problem at all. Uh, and Ian, as always, thanks for coming as as well.
3: <laughs> no
1: worries. <laughs> uh, right, we'll be back soon uh, with a pod. There are rumors um, of the return of Jack. So hold hold on to your hats everyone. Um, but until then, look after yourselves, look after each other and as always, keep it counted.
2: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery.